Welcome to The Blaze. This is episode 237. I'm your host, Alejandro Veda. You have now pushed play to another blazing week, and I got to tell you what another amazing week we've been having. You know, this week was filled with just love and support uh, throughout this whole weekend. You know, I've been having my parents here. Uh, you know, they come every once a month just to take care of my grandmother. She's uh, she's not ill, but she's, you know, she's uh, having a tough time with uh, getting around and stuff these days. Uh, so my mom takes care of her once a week, and then my aunts and my uncles take care of her uh, for the rest of the month. Uh, it's great to see the support that they show each other, you know, uh, just giving direction each each one of them trying to work work it out and uh it's amazing to see uh your family work as a unit you know and, and become that support that uh you know family members need i think it's incredible um for that being said you know uh saying this past week and my brother also had his uh 40th birthday party which turned out to be a great great event um Shouts out to my my Theo Elias for having a great uh, party for my brother. He he's the one that threw it with my aunts and my uncle, my aunts and my dad, and um, it was it was great to see everybody there. Um, it was crazy to see everybody there. I mean, I didn't expect it to be such a big event. I, I mean, yeah, it's a fortieth birthday party, but you know, people kind of don't go out like they used to you know so it was great to see everybody there all the familiar faces that we haven't seen uh throughout the years since honestly covid this was like the first big family event that i've been to you know besides like i don't know just a wedding or something like that i think i think we went to a wedding one wedding uh but it, it was great to be out and about with family you know uh Home-cooked meal, great music, great people, uh, just reminiscing about the past, you know, and that that's something that is awesome. You know, we're now, it's crazy because before we would be those, you know, the, the, the younger generation, and we would be the people jumping and going crazy. But now we're the older folks talking about the past, you know, so now, you know, times are changing. Uh, things are looking good for our family as well. Seeing us as a strong unit, it, it, it's incredible, man. Uh, we we can't get enough of it. Literally, we've been talking about the the, the party for the last week. Uh, and being able to see everybody that we haven't seen throughout the years, like I said, is, is great to see. Uh, and I'm glad that my brother had, you know, a great time. And, you know, I'm 40 years old. I, I, I just can't wait to get there as well but this past week also we've just been uh working on <clears throat> being patient you know uh, these past weeks uh have been tough for me uh i'll be able to see finally see my orthopedic uh, doctor this pe next week just to talk about my knee situation where i'm at and um, just a struggle that i've been having hopefully i'll get some you know, info or get, get, get some kind of results of what, what has been happening and maybe how to limit that uh, from happening again. You know, um, that was just a scary situation for me that literally I couldn't move my, my right knee. Um, right now, I've been feeling great these past couple of weeks, um, re ready to get back on the grind, ready to start improving and, and getting back onto my fitness journey that that has been what I've been patient about um telling my wife just you know I have to slow down a little bit and really work on my mental and, and the things that I feel like um will help me on the long run when it gets to uh, me getting clear to go ahead and you know get back into working out but I haven't been wanting to do anything just just to disturb the progress that I have felt, you know, um, last week, I think I had a couple of days where it felt, it didn't feel painful. It was just, I could feel like it inflaming, I guess, or, or getting swollen. Um, but this week, nothing, you know, um, thank gosh. Uh, and I'm hoping, you know, it continues to be like that. And 
the one thing for sure is we have been icing every night, every day. Um, that I think that has been helping a lot with the recovery. Um, right now, <clears throat> or I should say this past weekend, you know, we were doing us a, a fishing and, you know, walking up and down hills. And I have been feeling pretty good about where I'm at. And hopefully that, the, you know, when I see the doctor, it won't be any problems. But at the same time, I'm like, do like I, I've been questioning myself, do I need to see the doctor? But at the same time, I'm like, I have to do this because I just don't want any lingering effects to, to, to go, happen. You know, maybe something that is wrong and then I make it worse. Um, I'm just hoping that, you know, I get cleared for uh, just going back being able to play ball, getting back and playing again um, into my workouts. That has been the thing that has been really the difference for me the last month. I have been feeling unmotivated, just feeling like blah, you know what I mean? Um, but at the same time, I have to continue to remember, like, I, I have to be patient. I'm, you know, I'm older now. Damn, that that's what sucks. That's what sucks is... You, you never thought you would get to this age where you had to worry about injury, when you had to worry about uh, not stretching before, uh, you know, working out or anything. Like, I, I definitely take those precautions because I know of these situations. Uh, but I'm in no, that situation right now, and nothing I can do about it but love my life. You know, this is, this is the situation I'm in. You got to take it from what it is. But it has been... Uh, something that has been making me feel like I need to be patient. You know, I, I still feel like I'm 20 years old where I could just go ahead and play with the injury or work out with the injury. Nah, I'm not going to do that anymore. Uh, <laughs> I know exactly why, and this is what happens, you know. So I'm, I'm just being patient, being uh, just courteous to myself because I, I deserve that little rest. I deserve... Uh, to be able to understand what's going on with my body and get some kind of uh, result of, you know, I, am I able to uh, continue with my fitness uh, as I as I have been, or do I need to take another route? You know, and, th and that's where I think I want to talk to the doctor about and see what what's really going on. So this week, just getting through, just get actually not just getting through, just working on things that. Uh, are preparing me for the next step. Um, and once I get uh, okay that I can just go ahead and get back to what I've been doing, I'm, I'm going to go do that and maybe even go a little bit further, just try to get my diet right, try to get everything in tone for the upcoming you know, Christmas season. We're just a, right around the corner from Christmas right now. We're already in September, first week of September, which I want to just remind you, man, we're, the time is moving fast. And, um, you know, it, like I said, these past three weeks just felt like they've been so stagnant. I haven't done much with the pod. Uh, and I, I know for myself, it, it has just been my mental. It has just been me in my in my mind is telling myself, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> and I'm shaking myself, you know, but right now this week I really felt determined and I couldn't wait to get back to a Thursday where I could get back on the mic and just give you guys some content. You know, this is something that I look forward to every Thursday, this kind of getting into your zone and getting ready for the weekend and, and what's to come and just be prepared for life i think that's the whole purpose of this pod is just being ready for whatever comes your way and being able to adapt to anything and that's why i kind of did make this podcast the blaze podcast it's like the, the i think people think like the blaze podcast is like smoking or what, whatever but to me the blaze podcast is about you know trailblazing and making your own kind of way uh through this world you know um, and that's definitely something that I really didn't understand in the beginning. But now that I have been, I mean, we're, we're five years strong now. Haven't missed a, a freaking Thursday in five years. And we've been putting out content every week. I mean, that's something huge. And that's something big that we always have to celebrate. And I, I just want to continue to tell you guys, keep supporting this podcast. Keep, uh, 
you know, showing love. I mean, everybody at the party the other day was talking about it. I, I couldn't get enough of how much, you know, my own family has been supporting the pod. So I just want to continue just to, you know, take the next step, share the pod, make people understand that this podcast is here. This is this is a Central Valley podcast, not only my podcast, but this is your guys' podcast as well. So I hope you guys stay tuned for the rest of the pod and just remember just to, I don't know, this week, we, we're just going to grind out this week and I'm going to stop using that word grind, you know, I... I, I Really have been thinking to myself, like the the vocabulary that I use, I have to start dip, really changing it and having a different perception of what I say and put out, you know. So I've been trying to just gravitate to a different type of thinking, different type of mentality, just trying to be positive, especially throughout this time. So make sure you guys just stay tuned and make sure you guys share the pod. And this week on the pod, I really wanted to talk about a new, not really a new artist, just a new artist for me. Um, I really was looking for something new this week to really review, give you guys something new and fresh to really listen to. And I really came across this R&B album, just, you know, listening to music this weekend. Um, his name is Leon Thomas, and he is an American rec re recording producer, songwriter, singer, and also actor. Um, he had early roles in Broadway, uh, providing voice of Tyrone from the Nick Jr. animated series, The Backyardigans. And he was the voice from uh, for The Backyardigans from 2006 throughout 2008. Uh, he played also Andre Harris on the Nickelodeon series Victorious uh, through the years of 2010 through 2013. And he also received the NAACP Image Award, um, or I think at least a nomination. I think it was a nomination. Uh, but one thing about this artist was he has already a track record working with some great artists, uh, which include Aria Grande's uh, Drake when he did uh, Lover Boy, Tony Braxton. Uh, another, you know, hitter, and also Babyface, who ended up winning a Grammy uh, for Love, Marriage, and Divorce, which he ended up earning also a Grammy for that album. Uh, but Thomas also earned an award for Best Rap Song, um, which he was nominated in the 62nd Annual Grammy Awards for co-writing the song Gold Roses, uh, which is written by, which is, uh, recorded with Rick Ross and Drake. But this artist, I have to say, really grabbed my attention. And I didn't even know he was uh, on Broadway, uh, which in 2003, as uh, the voice of Young Simba in the Broadway production, The Lion King. Um, so this guy has been around for a while now. Um, I haven't really heard of him I I don't I probably have but just hasn't paid attention to uh, the music at least. Uh, but he started recording his first mixtape called Metro Hearts, which was released August 2012. Um, and there's different songs on there that I guess you know people loved. Uh, but it wasn't until um, I listened to this his latest album which uh, was released, I think, last month at some time. Uh, but this album has already gravitated to me. And honestly, I can't believe I've never heard of this artist. Um, I feel like when I listen to albums, I uh, tend to, you know, I, I, I tend to, to like a few songs. Uh, but this album really, from first song to last song, there's something about it that makes me want to continue to listen. I mean, there's night. There was a couple nights where I woke up, you know, uh, kind of just with anxiousness, and I put this album on and fell right to sleep. Um, 
to me, it's like, I don't know. This is this is probably one of the best R&B albums of the year so far. Um, and I'm a huge R&B fan. I, 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 I tend to try to find the newest and the, and the best. And sometimes I like to hear new artists. And that's why I took a chance on this one. I, I really didn't hear anybody talk about it. I didn't hear anybody say any good things or bad reviews. So I really came in there with just absolutely no idea what I was getting myself into. But this this album right here, um, and it's called Electric Dust. It literally, to me, it has that, you know, movie kind of score to it. Um, I feel like a lot of people are starting to gravitate towards that where you could literally put the whole album to a movie or some kind of timeline of life. You know what I'm saying? Um, but this album right here um, had so many different artists uh, from Ty Dolla Sign uh, to uh, Betty the Butcher, uh, Victoria Monet, uh, and it's it's twelve it's about twelve songs long, uh, about forty minutes listening, um, and each song, like I said, takes you on a journey to the next one. Um, I couldn't tell you exactly my favorite songs on this album, uh, but definitely the whole album at, as a whole. I don't know. It, to me, it just had it just has a lot a lot to it. Um, I couldn't exactly tell you, I mean, if I were to say the artist that I think that he sounds like, it would have to be like a 90s artist, like a Usher, uh, with kind of Frank Ocean and, um, Miguel in a way, like, like right in the middle, you know, um, very creative, uh, very, very honest, I think, with his lyrics as well, which... Oftentimes, you know, R&B has been kind of wishy-washy, but this this one right here uh, made me feel like, like I said, back in the 90s, where you feel the lyrics, you feel the sound, the production was amazing, and even the uh, the um, featuring guests on the album, you know, it went well. So make sure you guys check out the album. Let me know. Tell me I'm not crazy because this is definitely one of my favorite albums probably of the year. Um, I, I, I continue to like find myself flabbergasted of how many great albums we've had so far that haven't got praised like the like Russ's last album. Um, just like uh, like just like uh, Killer Mike's album as well, you know. Um, there's a lot of different albums this year that I've like, man, been kind of testing what my ear is and, and, and what I'm starting to like. So make sure you check out Leon Thomas Electric Dusk. And like I said, it's it's not even that long of a of a listen. Only only about forty minutes and literally it feels like the whole album goes right through and I just I just feel like this is one of my favorites for the for the year and I just hope that he gets the same kind of you know reviews from other people because they I literally haven't heard from from anybody from this album so make sure you take a listen Leon Thomas's electric desk and let me know what you guys are listening to and this week I was able to watch a lot of different movies, but the movie this week I want to talk about is a comedy. Um, it's called Strays. It's a newer movie right now. It's literally about dogs and how they become strays. Uh, but the film follows, like I said, the, the dogs, uh, voiced by Will Ferrell, who teams up with other several dogs, uh, voiced by, I think, Jamie Foxx. Isla Fisher and Randall Park, um, and this movie is basically about getting revenge on an abusive owner. Uh, and to me, it was actually like a sad movie in the beginning, where the owner was just talking shit to the dog, telling him how bad of a dog he is. You know how 
basically cock blocked the owner. Um, and the owner, you know, plays this game called uh, fetch and fuck. And he would literally throw the ball and leave the dog wherever he was at and take off. And so that's how he ended up becoming a stray, which to me, you know, you got to think the owner is a fucking dickwad, you know, and the only reason why he wanted the dog in the first place was uh, to get revenge on his ex-girlfriend, which he cheated on. So the dog literally loved the owner, like, like any dog would, any dog would be, you know, just the best companion. Um, but the dog couldn't do anything to make him happy. So Doug took it into his own hands to ditch the dog. Um, but this is when, you know, the dogs ended up meeting and, 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 and you just feel like the camaraderie of these <laughs> animals that are you know, just on, on their own. Um, to me, it was a great comedy. Uh, just the, I, I love when they use, you know, do, like animals for comedies like this because, you know, you just don't know what your dog is thinking. And sometimes you just think, man, my dog is probably thinking like I'm an asshole or something, you know? And I often think like that. So it's, <laughs> it's funny to hear because, you know, Dogs have this sub, a certain kind of character to them, you know, like they they love you so much, but they hate you when you leave, you know, <laughs> that's what's so funny. Um, so the, just basically the, 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 the dogs get their, you know, revenge, um, but it's about the journey that, that, that they take, you know, the steps that they take to get there. As they bond together uh, through several situations where you're just like, you know, you're almost feel like you're a part of that, that dog situation. Um, you know, they even get caught by animal control after, I'm not going to give away the whole movie, but definitely check this one out. I think if you're looking for something funny, if you definitely not a kid's movie. Uh, so don't, don't show your kids this one, but this one has to be one of my, one of my favorite comedies so far this year. Um, me and my wife couldn't wait to watch this one, uh, because, you know, I feel like with these stupid ones, like it's a good time and we haven't had a, a good, like laughing movie in a while, which the whole time we were dying, I mean, Will Ferrell, Jamie Foxx. Um, already just some of the best, you know, comic, comedic, uh, actors. Um, and, and those two definitely play a great duo. So I, I wish we could get another Jamie Foxx and, uh, Will Ferrell movie, like not as dogs or a cartoon or something and a real movie because them two together, uh, they definitely have a good, uh, chemistry you know I feel like they have good chemistry together um especially with this one I I I just couldn't wait for um what what people would think about it you know um I think not too many people have really got a good look at it I think people think it's funny but I don't think people really are buying into it right now going into the theater watching it but I definitely suggest it um, I think it has like a good average grade of like B plus to A. So if you do miss it in the theater, make sure you check it out when it comes uh, onto video or to on streaming. Uh, I to me, I couldn't get enough of it. I was dying the whole time. Uh, so make sure you guys check out Strays, uh, which you can find at any theater right now. Uh, and make sure you, you let me know what you guys are watching this week. And this week, I want to talk about, you know, the destruction that Hurricane Hillary left California and the desert roads that are covered with water and mud. It's also now threatening Oregon and Idaho. Uh, we've gotten word, I, I've gotten word that emergency response workers has been using bulldozers to rescue 
elderly residents stranded at assisted living facilities uh, by Tropical Storm Hillary, which flooded the streets in Southern California. You know, Tropical Storm Hillary flooded these roads. Uh, they toppled trees and forced, like, these rescues um, to be uh, conducted by bulldozer uh, on more than a dozen older residents trapped in mud that are in these care homes. Uh, and Monday, as it marched probably northward, it prompted f flood watches and warnings from half a dozen states. Um, the National Security or the National Hurricane Center in Miami said Hillary had lost most of, most of its steam only uh, to make its way towards uh, the east of California and then up into the Rocky Mountains, which it warned that they were going to have um, some of these catastrophic floodings. Uh, but a lot of it was expected in the portions of the southwestern U.S. And following that, you know, they saw record-breaking rainfall. So there has been threats for flooding in states farther north on earlier this week and uh, uh, higher across the southeastern part of Oregon, uh, which had potential thunderstorms and torrential rains um, throughout the week. Uh, but this uh, hurricane really hit Mexico around the Baja California Peninsula area as a hurricane causing one death and a widespread flooding before uh, becoming a tropical storm, uh, which, you know, uh, caused this kind of muddy, soggy mess uh, that we see right now in uh, Southern California, well, Eastern Southern California. Uh, but this this uh, tropical storm produced tor tornado warnings. Uh, there are wildfires. I heard of uh, moderate, you know, earthquakes throughout north of Los Angeles. Uh, so far, no deaths or serious injuries. But the damages, there has been extreme damages that has been reported through the state and also had warned that risks also remain, especially in the uh, mountain regions where the hillsides could, you know, honestly give out and create mudslides. But the one place that I saw the, the worst, I mean, was probably Palm Springs, uh, which there you saw bulldozers driving through the mud uh, to try to rescue these um, older resident uh, residents and try to carry them to safety. Um, I just think, you know, with the mud and water, um, it's standing up to probably my chest, I would say about maybe five feet, um, Anybody that's walking through that can't get through it. Uh, I just feel like, you know, we got to really rely on these firefighters and the people that are, are doing the rescues and helping these uh, people out throughout, you know, San Bernardino area. Um, I think even they had a Burning Man this past week and they were talking about how there was like, 70,000 people or 70, uh, 60,000 people that were uh, stuck in the mud uh, and that had to call for a state of emergency to, you know, try to go to their aid. Um, but the first responders have been doing their best as, you know, they're already limited um, because this this is, has been happening throughout the whole state of California, you know. Uh, mostly, like I said, in Palm Springs and in the mountain areas. Um, but it has been a dangerous uh, rescue. You know, um, helicopter, um, you also would probably need boat if it, if, if allowed. Uh, but it's crazy to see that uh, a hurricane to go onto land become a tropical storm create a tropical storm, and then devastate a whole area. 
that has never seen that amount of rain or it, it's just crazy to see the aftermath of it. Um, but Hillary was, you know, the last major weather event to wreak havoc across the U.S., Canada, Mexico. Um, Hawaii's island is still, you know, trying to recover from their blaze that had killed more than 100 people and displaced so many others. Uh, and that is now becoming, you know, the deadliest wildfire in more than a century. Um, and also people are, you know, the firefighters are still trying to fight the the fires in Canada and whatnot. But this this these kind of events are going to keep continuing to go on. Um, I just feel, you know, when you see like event after event, um, it must show you, you know, exactly, uh, you, you know, never know what's certain, you know, um, I just feel like when you get a place that gets rain at a high rate like that, you know, we have to be more prepared for what might be coming next. Um, and it's happening throughout the whole state of California, of Oregon, all the way uh, all up to uh, Washington and Seattle. So I just say, you know, if you're out and about like in the Coachella Valley or, or in, you know, the Palm Springs or anything like that, you know, just try not to travel so much. Um, I know it's hard and, you know, you want, you want to be able to get, you know, in and out of your place, but you got to be safe and you got to be certain that you can get back home. So just be safe around this whole time right now. I'm not too sure exactly when the next storm may hit, but at the, I just wanted to talk about the aftermath and what it's really has done to, um, Palm Springs, and also the rest of California. Just want to keep you guys informed. They take to get there. And some big news throughout the valley is Visalia has been named a top destination for neurodiverse travelers. Um, the city of Visalia was recently recognized in the Travel Plus Leisure magazine as a top pick for neurodiverse travelers. Um, this is a great thing for for the Valley as the city uh, was the first to become a certified autism destination as staff at hotels and attractions throughout the city are trained to help serve better to those with autism. So the training really includes development of communication skills, awareness of common sensitive triggers and escalation skills. So the city has several locations and businesses designated as a certified autism centers. I think this is a great thing for the Valley as, you know, many people do have uh, kids or people struggle with autism and um, they need these types of experiences uh, to become happy and let them enjoy their lives. Um, and there's been, you know, people throughout um, the internet that has been talking about Visalia and uh, how they take their vacations just at in Visalia. And I didn't realize, you know, Visalia was one of those destinations. And I, I know Visalia is not too far from, you know, uh, the mountain regions and stuff like that. But um, just to know that, you know, certain businesses, certain hotels and everything like that, um, have a certification uh, to training their staff to recognize and respond to these de developmental disabilities, uh, which affects, you know, one in 36 children in the U.S. You know, this makes it more inclusive uh, and makes a big difference, I think, for everyone, especially if, um, you know, it's a, it's a family mom and dad and, and the kid that has autism, um, it makes it more enjoyable for them uh, just because uh, it provides more sensitivity to their um, disability and also it allows people to connect with each other uh, in, a, in a better uh, manner. You know, um, I think uh, I really wanted to talk about this just because, you know, not everybody knows this about other cities and I didn't know that um you know, 
Visalia is probably the first. Um, hopefully, we'll we'll be hearing about a lot more cities that that have um, autism certified and all inclusive places that will uh, really get people to travel to these little towns or big towns as well. Uh, but I just hope that, you know, you guys, if you know anybody with autism or anything like that, make sure you let them know uh, that, you know, there are cities like uh, Visalia that um, help uh, for travelers with um, disabilities. Um, and Visalia is named a top destination, so I definitely wanted to show it some love uh, on the pod this week. Now let's talk about our Friday Night Light section as we talk about Central Section High School football scores and games of the week. And the game of uh, last week, I wanted, and this week I want to talk about uh, last week's game of the week, which I ended up having Sanger versus Clovis East. And uh, Clovis East ended up be- beating Sanger 42-21. to 21. Um, I thought it was going to be a lot closer in the game, but uh, Clovis East looks like they're going to be a big uh, a big problem this year in uh, high school football. As you know, Sanger is, not, is always a good team, um, and, and I never let them feel like they're out of any game. So, I just I just can't wait to see exactly how how it turns out for the rest of the season, but some of the uh, this last week's games we had um, Torres versus Washington Union High School, which Washington Union is now two and zero and gets uh, the win on Torres twenty five to zero. We had Sierra Bean Yosemite twenty to fourteen. We had Clovis High versus Mount Whitney. Uh, and that was 41 to 28 Clovis Clovis high we had Buchanan versus Rockland and Buchanan ended up getting the loss 42 to 20 Liberty got their first loss of the season versus Santa Margarita they got beat 34 to 14 Hoover lost to Legrand 0 to 12 San Joaquin Memorial beat CCHS uh, 38 to 14. Justin Garza beat Sanger West 48 to 14. Redwood beat Tulare Union 42 to 35. Hanford beat Golden West 40 to 22. Liberty lost to Dos Palos uh, 29 to 22. Turlock lost to Central uh, 21 to 18. Kerman beat Madera 28 to 22. And Kalinga beat Selma uh, 46-0. Clovis West beat Lamore 27-26 in a close game. And then Roosevelt lost to Mission Oak 31-7. Clovis North defeated El Diamante 55-0. Kingsburg beat Dinuba 42-14. And today, a Thursday, starts the week for... Uh, Week three for the Central Section High School football. Uh, of course, it's not Friday Night Lights, but there are some uh, big games here today. Uh, we got Clovis High versus Salinas. Tulare Union versus Justin Garza. Mc, uh, McLean versus Emmanuel. Bakersfield versus Stockdale. And then for our Friday Night Lights, uh, we got Central versus Bishop Diego. Chowchilla versus Parlier. Buchanan versus Liberty which will be the game of the week. Bullard versus Clovis West. Selma versus Dinuba. El Diamante versus Edison. Yosemite versus Liberty. Kerman versus Sunnyside. Sanger versus Lamar. Hoover versus Hanford West. Reedley versus Kalinga. Golden West versus Kingsburg. Clovis North versus Central Valley Christian High School. Hanford versus Frontier. And then for Saturday's games, Clovis East versus Provo, Thousand Oaks versus Garces Memorial, and Marin Catholic versus San Joaquin Memorial. And this week in the rankings, uh, we got our top 10 teams so far in the Valley. At number 10, we got Hanford. At number 9, we got Buchanan. At number 8, we got Lamore. At number 7, we got St. Joseph Santa Maria. At number six, we got Central Valley Christian. At number five, we got Clovis East. At number four, Clovis North. At number three, Clovis West. At number two, Central. At number one, we got 
liberty. So make sure you guys tune in to the Blaze Podcast for more on your central section high school football rankings and more. Now let's talk about our Fresno State football team, which we have now become 1-0 and beat Purdue over the weekend. We beat Purdue 39-35 in a great game. I I can't believe how well our dogs did uh, in this matchup. Um, They had... I mean, so many different chances to lose, but also uh, just how they prevailed to win this game. It, it really made a, a huge showing for how the rest of the season looks like it's going to go. Um, our QB ended up getting hurt, you know, during the game, uh, coming back and throwing the ball pretty well. Um, he ended up going, Mike Mikey Keene is the quarterback. He ended up going 31 for 44. For 366 yards with four touchdowns and one interception. Um, Our rushing game was on as well as Elijah Gilliam had 20 carries for 93 yards. And our receiver, Eric Brooks, ended up getting nine receptions for 170 yards and two touchdowns. Like I said, it was going back and forth, back and forth um, until really that second quarter which we ended up uh, behind still, but we ended up getting uh, a touchdown right in, uh, I think, the second quarter with 12 minutes left. And then right when we got into the third quarter, we started picking up some steam, and we ended up in the fourth taking over the game and getting a a late score uh, from Eric uh, from. Mikey King to Eric Brooks uh, to 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 seal the deal, which uh, Dylan Lynch ended up getting the kick to to seal to seal the win. What a freaking matchup it was! I mean, like I said throughout the game, it could have been any anyone's game, but Fresno State ended up prevailing and really having a huge, huge, huge uh, win to really boost their momentum coming into a week two. Um, which you know they they have a lot they have a lot to to really look forward to, but at the same time we got some big games uh, coming up, especially uh, this weekend we'll be having our first home game against Eastern Eastern Washington, uh, which should be you know a great game for us, uh, but we I've never seen you know. Eastern Washington, uh, but Fresno State will take on uh, this opponent that they've never seen before. Uh, this is going to be our home opener, which I mean you can't overlook uh, the, the the other opponent, but it's going to be Saturday at six p.m. Uh, and we'll be all in all white uniforms, and fans are being encouraged to also wear white as well so this is going to be a great game to go to if you are a fan because the Bulldogs will be honoring coach Jim Sweeney in the school's new ring of honor in a halftime ceremony Um, and the game will also I think they celebrate heroes night as well Uh, but we like I said we can't overlook Eastern Washington's program um, as they have been one of the most successful in the FCS over the last two decades. Uh, Tedford said, you know, he's always admired their program and he's watched them uh, throughout their whole process and and watched how they turned into a a great, great uh, school and also program. Hopefully we'll be seeing the Fresno State get the win this weekend and at Valley Children's uh, Stadium. but it's just it, after last week's win, it's just been nothing but uh, you know on a high roll. Just because you know that was the first ever matchup with the Big Ten uh, program, um, and it you know they're located across the the whole United States. So you know we got to celebrate this win uh, as the Bulldogs will host uh, Eastern Washington this weekend. So make sure you guys check out the Blaze Podcast for more on the Fresno State. Uh, football team. Now let's talk about our Central Valley Fuego, 
who has a record of 5-4-16. and 16. They remain 12th in the USL 1 uh, standings. Uh, they haven't been able to get any wins uh, this past few weeks, um, and they failed over this weekend uh, as they lost to North Carolina FC 2-0. Um, Central Valley Fuego need our support. You know, um, they'll be having a home game this weekend um, versus the Lexington SC. Um, and that, that's going to be at the Fresno State Soccer Stadium. It should be a, a good game as, you know, the head-to-head right now is 1-1 one and one throughout the season. And we're looking to see uh, Central Valley Fuego uh, maybe get the win uh, this time as, you know, they'll, they'll be able to... to uh, move up in the in the uh standings if they beat Lexington SC which hopefully you know you never know um we might be able to get a win out of this uh home game as uh, Lexington is ninth in the USO 1 division so make sure you guys uh check out you know the Central Valley Fuego there at Fresno State uh soccer stadium and uh Make sure you guys continue to support them. Now let's talk about our Fresno Grizzlies. As they now are second in the California League North Division. Uh, they lost, They are now down one game. Their record is 40-22. and 22. And last week they had a six-game series with the Visalia Rodhide. And they ended up losing their first game 3-8. to eight. Winning their second game four to one, winning their third game eight to four, winning their fourth game eight to zero, losing their fifth game zero to seven, and winning their eighth or their sixth game eight to six. Uh, they are now in a six game series with the Modesto Nuts, which they are now two and or zero oh and two. Uh, they lost their first game four to five. And they lost their second game 5-7. to seven. They will finish off the rest of the season uh, this week with their last home games. Uh, they'll be playing the Modesto Nets throughout this week. Uh, and they'll having their special days on Thursday. They'll have Tioga Thursdays. On Friday, they're going to have their famous sitcom night featuring Leslie David Baker, who plays Stanley on the show The Office. And then on Saturday, they'll have Marvel's Defenders of the Diamond and then Fan Appreciation Night on Sunday. So make sure to tune in to the Blaze Podcast for more on your Fresno Grizzlies. Now let's talk about the MLB. And I want to talk about the Dodgers right now who have been taking off in the NL West with the record right now of 84-54. They lost to the Braves last weekend of... 8-7 Eight to seven, the first game. Six to three, their second game, and four to two, their third game. And then on their fourth game of the of the series, they beat the Braves three to one. And then the Dodgers ended up facing off against the Marlins, which the Marlins uh, beat the the Dodgers so far, um, six to three in their first game and eleven to four in their second game. They'll be having their third game today. And then the Dodgers will be taking on the Nationals um, on the road. And then the Dodgers will be back home against the Padres um, over the week. Now let's talk about the San Francisco Giants who dropped down to third in the NOS this week. They are now 77 or 70 and 70 for the, for the season. And last week they played the Padres over the week. The weekend uh, they beat the Padres 7-2 their first game. Uh, they lost to the Padres 7-3 the second game. The Padres beat the Giants 6-1 the third game. And the Padres beat the Giants 4-0 their fourth game. And then the Giants ended up on the road versus the Cubs, uh, which the Cubs got a 3-0 uh, in that series. Uh, the Cubs beat the Giants 5-0 the first game. Cubs beat the Giants 11-8 the second game. And the Cubs beat the Giants 8-2 the third game. Uh, this... This weekend, the Giants will face off against the Rockies at home. 
And then, again, the Giants will be at home versus the Guardians. And the San Diego Padres are fourth in the NL West with the 66-75 and 75 record. And like I said, they played the Giants over the weekend. Uh, they had a four-game series, and they beat the Giants 7-2. Uh, the Giants beat the Padres the first game 7-2. Then the Padres beat the Giants 7-3. The second game, Padres beat the Giants 6-1. The third game... Padres beat the Giants 4-0, their fourth game. And then the Padres ended up having a three-game series versus the Phillies, which they ended up going 2-1 uh, versus the, the Phillies. They ended up beating uh, or losing to the Phillies 9-7 the first game, uh, beating the Phillies 8-0 the second game, and then losing to the Phillies 5-1 their third game. The Padres will be on the road uh, this weekend versus the Astros. And then the Padres will be taking on the Dodgers on the road uh, next week. So make sure to tune in to the Blaze Podcast for more on your MLB. Now let's talk about the NFL. And this week starts the first week of the NFL. And I can't wait to see what happens this this past season or this next season. As uh, we come down to Thursday this week, we're going to have our first game. Uh, But before we talk about uh, the games this week, I want to talk about just my power rankings to start the season, the top five teams that I'm looking at uh, first week. And my first um, on the list is the San Francisco 49ers, which to my assumption, uh, Brock Purdy is going to continue his success. Um, The 2022 drafts mystery irrelevant pass for – 8.3 yards per attempt last season as uh, the starter. And that's more than Patrick Mahomes and every quarterback in the league. The only other quarterback that probably throws more than him is Tua. Uh, But the 49ers, you know, will be faced with a lot of uncertainty, I think, as, you know, their offense is going to be at – the helm of the success of the team. Um, they find success, you know, really finishing um, <clears throat> first in the, or no, top, at least top five. I would say to me, they were one of the best in the league last year on their offense. Uh, but their biggest concern is really going to be uh, their defensive line, which struggled all last season. Um, especially when it became uh, playoff time against the Eagles, which they ran all over them in the NFC title game. You know, the Niners ended up uh, the 2022 with the third lowest graded interior defense in the NFL. So that's a place that they're going to need to step up uh, this next year. Um, And then at number four, I got the Eagles, uh, which... You know, they they are probably the second team to the Kansas City Chiefs. But this week, I got them at number four. Um, just because their offense um, evolves around Jalen Hurts, as he's been one of the best uh, quarterbacks in the league, um, especially when it comes to um, their matchups, uh, especially on the wide receiver end as A.J. Brown you know, his uh, long ball is definitely something that they have uh, successfully ran throughout last season. Uh, but the Eagles have the eighth hardest schedule in the league this year, which they led the league in team pass blocking and pass rush grades last year. But can they replicate that performance this year, um, especially in their schedule, which you know, some say is a lot easier than last year's schedule. So I'm looking at the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, especially week one. And then at number three, we got the Buffalo Bills, who every year the Buffalo Bills are a team to be uh, talked about. Um, but they will be without Tremaine Edmonds and Von Miller for week one. And the question is, is how are they going to adjust without those losses? You know, the defense... Uh, was very successful in the red zone last year. So the big question mark for the Bills is going to be about their offensive line and how well they could hold up 
uh, especially over the offseason. But they're starting Spencer Brown, which allowed 42 pressures on 551 pass blocking snaps in 2022, which, you know, ranked about 57th in the league. Um, As a unit, I think the line was ranked at least 28th um, in team run blocking and 21st in pass blocking. So there's going to be needing a lot of improvement in that area. But also on their offense, I think it's going to be how well can that offense play together um, as we got the addition of their tight end, Dalton Kincaid, which is adding to the offense. You know, uh, Kincaid will become the third rookie tight end in NFL history uh, to eclipse a 1,000 yards. So Kincaid's 2022 receiving grade was uh, the best in the nation, and he averaged 2.4 yards per route um, every run that he he took. So the Buffalo Bills' offense is going to be the question is, can they put up the points that all the other teams are putting up? You know, Josh Allen definitely has the arm to do it, and he's able to do it on the run. So it's going to be great to see the Buffalo Bills this year and see how well they're going to do in that AFC uh, East division. Um, and then at number two, I got the uh, the Bengals, which in my opinion, the Bengals are going to be one of those wild card teams that can either make it or break it. Uh, and I, I, I have them at number two this week as Joe Burrow, you know, is probably one of the best quarterbacks when you talk about uh, passing, um, and especially uh, along uh, with the best receiving core in the league, I would have to say. Uh, but the Bengals receiving ranked six in the league in 2022. We had Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd, which is a devastating combination. But the Bengals spent a lot of their money on the offensive line, which they had struggling last year in the 2022 season. But they did not perform to their grade, I believe. You know, their run block was terrible. Um, however, the addition of Orlando Brown Jr. will hope, hopefully uh, help them out on the line this season. So it's going to be about how much can uh, Joe Burrow uh, mix it up. I, I think they should do a lot more uh, run heavy and get that offensive line uh, back into gear, and then that way it would open up the pass for Burrow and that receiving core. It's going to be an interesting year to see how well Cincinnati does this year, especially you know with the years prior, how great they have been. Uh, but at number one, of course, I got the KC Chiefs. Uh, the, the, the question for me about KC is can Patrick Mahomes continue his dominance? Um, I mean – Especially last year's Super Bowl, he did a great job. Um, and to me, is could he replicate that again this year? Especially not having really a number one receiver and having only Travis Kelsey uh, to throw the ball. Um, to me, he's he's only. I'm not gonna say he's second to Joe Burrow, but. Definitely when it comes to throwing the ball, I believe that he's, you know, just behind Joe Burrow just a bit. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see if he plays with that chip on his shoulder um, and playing that he has a lot to prove, you know. Um, They don't really have the wide receivers that they've had in the prior years. Like I said, Travis Kelsey is still there. And hopefully he stays injury-free as last year, you know, I think he was sidelined at least two games. Uh, But... It's going to take, you know, the whole KC Chiefs to to really come out. Uh, Andy Reid definitely is ready and prepared for this season. And hopefully we see a great season uh, coming from Patrick Mahomes. He's definitely one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And I just can't wait to watch what he has uh, going on. So make sure you guys check out the power rankings for the rest of the season. So the week one NFL schedule for uh, this week will be starting this uh, or today, uh, the Lions versus the Chiefs. And then on Sunday, we got Bengals versus Browns, Texans versus Ravens, Buccaneers versus Vikings, 
Panthers versus Falcons, Cardinals versus Commanders, Jags versus Colts, 49ers versus Steelers, Titans versus Saints, Raiders versus Broncos, Eagles versus Patriots, Rams versus Seahawks, Dolphins versus Chargers, Packers versus Bears, Cowboys versus Giants, and Bills versus Jets. What an insane week one schedule. But the game that I really am going to be interested in watching is going to be that 49ers-Steelers game and also the Cowboys versus Giants game. Man, but also the Bills versus Jets game on Monday. This week one schedule got me going crazy because they're all big matchups. They're all, I mean, playoff contention, you know, uh, teams. So make sure you guys pay attention to week one. Let me know who you guys are going for. I'm definitely going for the Falcons this season and every season as they will be playing the Panthers this week. Niners, they'll be playing the Steelers, uh, Raiders, the Broncos. So those the California teams and my team, those are the teams I'll be following this season. So make sure you guys stay tuned to the Blaze Podcast. I want to thank you guys for pushing play this week and every week. You know, your guys' support goes a long way for this independent podcast. I just want to keep reminding you guys just to share the podcast, let people know that we're here grinding throughout the week, and we're making sure that content comes out every week. You know, we've been here for five years, haven't missed a Thursday. Hopefully you guys are staying along. Make sure you guys are supporting all your local businesses, artists, and podcasts. I'm Alejandro Veda signing off, episode 237.